0: The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com slash ben. A pogrom is defined as an organized massacre, typically of Jews. Pogroms have been unleashed on the Jewish community across the world over generations by a wide variety of groups. Spanish Muslims in Al-Andalus in 1066, French and German Crusaders in the Rhineland in 1096, Cossacks in the 17th century in Khamenitsky. The largest pogrom was, of course, the Holocaust. Well, since the Holocaust, the largest pogrom against Jews took place on October 7th of this year when some 1,500 Israelis were murdered by Hamas terrorists. Since that pogrom, we've been told by our great thinkers that Hamas's brutality requires context. Never mind that body cam footage from Hamas terrorists reportedly included footage of Hamas killing a father, putting the father's baby in an actual oven, and then burning it to death, and repeatedly raping the mother while all of this went on. According to our pseudo-intellectuals, Hamas terrorists invading peaceful villages and slaughtering babies and raping women and shooting entire families, they weren't truly engaging in a pogrom. They were, in the words of some Columbia University professors, engaging in a military action. They were, in the words of some of our pseudo-intellectuals, engaged in a project of decolonization. No, say many of our thinkers, the Hamas pogrom wasn't really about killing Jews, It was actually about settlements in Judea and Samaria, the West Bank. It was about the breakdown of negotiations with the Palestinian Authority. The massacres were anti-Israel. They were anti-Zionist, not anti-Semitic. And yet the pogroms against Jews continue. On Sunday, mobs of angry pro-Hamas pogromists stormed the airport in the Russian Republic of Dagestan looking for Jews. Apparently, they got word of a flight that had been scheduled to land from Tel Aviv. Here's what it looked like. It's a giant crowd out in front of the airport. Screaming, breaking into the airport because they got word that a flight from Israel was arriving. You can see the huge mob of people outside this airport, storming the airport. You can see members of military, members of the police looking on, doing nothing as this happens. The mobs broke into the airport. They ran roughshod through the airport. More footage of this. Just huge crowds of people carrying Palestinian flags, rushing through the airport again, looking to get to the tarmac where this flight was supposedly landing from Tel Aviv. You can hear the Allahu Akbar's, of course. Some 83% of Dagestan is Muslim in practice. They are literally going to the doors looking for Jews, trying to break through doors looking for Jews. Right now, this is what pogroms look like. They're running through the airport into private areas of the airport. Obviously, people telling them there are no Jews here. Doesn't matter. They're still looking, and then they finally make their way out onto the tarmac, and uh, they're looking for Jews. I mean, they're they're not particularly smart. Some of them are looking for Jews in the actual engine, which should be a weird place to, to find. The Jews. Guys, this isn't the evacuation of Afghanistan or anything. But they weren't being particularly shy about what they were doing. In the words of this particular pogrom perpetrator, he was there to kill Jews.
1: Somebody asked him, why are you so here? He says, I came for yeah. the Jews. Yeah. The Jews? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he killed
0: them. Listen, I, that's a kid's voice.
1: What will you kill them with? a the knife. These are children. Show me the knife. Why did you come here? To shoot. Shoot with what?
0: With a machine gun.
1: You came here for the Jews, didn't you? Yes.
0: Stay here till morning, understand? The pogromists also held signs reading, we are against Jewish refugees and child killers have no place in Dagestan. According to the Moscow Times, local media report that some of the pogromists were actually stopping cars outside the airport to, quote, check the personal identification documents of drivers and passengers as they searched for Israeli citizens among the motorists. And in fact, you can see this mob going around rocking cars They attacked a bus as well. Here they are, grabbing a car, rocking it back and forth. That is actually a police car. And they're rocking back and forth. Looks like a delightful group of people. People who think just like you, obviously. They also attacked a bus. There were children on the bus. There were no Jews anywhere here, by the way. Doesn't matter. The mere rumor of Jews sent them into a spasm of violence. Meanwhile, children in the bus are trying to, they're looking on, wondering what the hell is going on. Mobs around Dagestan have been going around hotels looking for Jews, trying to break into rooms.
1: (inaudible) Literally
0: (inaudible) just (inaudible) going to hotels. They were literally checking people's cars. They were asking them for ID papers to show that they weren't Jewish. They're asking people for their passports so they can see their papers. Now, Dagestan's population is largely Muslim. They've been radicalized for years. Then radicalized both by their authorities and by their religious leaders. The pogroms aren't going to end in Dagestan. All over the world, demonstrators are appearing by the hundreds of thousands, baying for Jewish blood. Here, for example, is footage from London over the weekend. This is 100,000 people walking through the heart of London, chanting slogans, anti-Semitic slogans about the slaughter of Jews. Look at the size of this crowd. These are all people imported to the West under the bizarre misimpression that all cultures are the same and everyone will be equally likely to be an excellent Western civil citizen. Some of the rallyers were chanting. Here's some 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 here's some of the rallyers in Trafalgar Square, and uh, I will inform you what they are chanting. They are chanting Chaibar Chaibar Ya Yahud. What does that mean? That is a slogan referencing Muhammad's slaughter of the Jews of Khaibar, it's a city, in the Quran. Again, that's in the middle of London. Here they are, again in London, chanting about the love of martyrdom. They are chanting here, by soul and blood, we sacrifice ourselves for you. Al-Aqsa is in the middle of Western capital. They're saying with our blood, we will liberate Al-Aqsa. Never mind the fact the Al-Aqsa Mosque is under the control of the Islamic waqf in Israel, that doesn't matter at all. Now here's the story. The story of the Jewish people, it's a story of pogroms from Pharaoh to Haman to Hamas. And we were told in the aftermath of the worst pogrom in history, the Holocaust, that the world would never allow it again. Never again, we were told. Well, it turns out that much of the world was just lying. So long as the proposed pogroms are accompanied by some political context, pogroms against the Jews are just fine. Not only are they fine, they actually have to continue. In fact, Israel a state created with the explicit promise to protect Jews against such pogroms must allow such pogroms to continue in the name of human rights. That's why the international community right now is calling for a ceasefire against Hamas because to much of the international community, 1,500 Jews slaughtered for the crime of being Jews, they don't count. The Jewish state and the Jews have to just absorb that loss. We'll pretend like it never happened. Those dead, they're gone and forgotten. All that was so three weeks ago, guys. It was so three weeks ago. The baked babies and the raped women and the kidnapped, who are still under the tender mercies of Hamas. Israel has to leave Hamas in place in the name of humanity, in the name of the children. After all, if the Jews weren't being quite so uppity in their own self-defense, would Jews be targeted in Dagestan? In reality, the pogroms never went away. They were just minimized because the state of Israel and its allies were considered strong. But now, Israel and its allies, they seem weak. They seem vulnerable in the aftermath of October 7th. And so, Jew haters now believe that Jews everywhere are vulnerable. And here's the thing, Jews everywhere will be vulnerable so long as Israel and the West are weak. In just a 2nd we we'll show how, the, how weak the West is. And they're, they're literally doing propaganda efforts in the media on behalf of Hamas. It truly is an amazing thing to watch. First, Pure Talk recently announced they would alleviate $10 million in veteran debt by Veterans Day. Thanks to your support last week, they are 74% of that goal with two weeks to go. Think about this. The U.S. military is made up of 100% volunteers. These are men and women who willingly sacrifice everything they have for the country. And when they're done serving, they return home to a tight job market, outrageous living expenses. This is why I'm so happy a private company like PureTalk has jumped in to help. When you switch to PureTalk's lightning-fast 5G network, they will donate a portion of every new order to this noble cause. You can make a real difference just by choosing a superior cell phone service. PureTalk's plans start at just 20 bucks a month, offering unlimited talk, text, more data, and mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Make that switch. Let's help ease the burden on the men and women who have given us so much. Visit puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch to Pure Talk today. It's the right move. It's the American way. By the way, their coverage is excellent. Same Tower Network is one of the big guys. Their coverage is great. Plus, you're saving money. Plus, you're helping out veterans. There's a lot there to like. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro today to get started. That's puretalk. Dot com slash Shapiro today. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, when we say something is free, it should mean, you know, free. Like no strings attached, no hidden costs, no fine print to decipher. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last. with so the rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks monthly for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. Pure Talk saves the average family almost 1000 bucks a year. Plus, with Pure Talk, you know you're spending your hard-earned money with a company that aligns with your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make that switch today. Head on over to puretalk.com slash to claim eligibility for your free, brand-new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch on over to my cell phone company. I've been using Pure Talk myself for Several years at this point. I can tell you the coverage is excellent. Go check them out right now, Peertalk.com slash Shapiro. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, we all know the first thing we do when we get home from work is change out of those work clothes and get into the comfortable loungewear. Well, luckily for me, I have Tommy John, because as I slip into something more comfortable, my Tommy John loungewear set, I'm immediately enveloped in a cocoon of supreme softness and unparalleled comfort. Not only is their loungewear cozy enough to use as sleepwear, it's stylish enough to wear for a quick stroll to the park with my kids, and you won't look like you just rolled out of bed, even if you may have done just that. Tommy John uses luxuriously soft tri-blend fabrics with flexible four-way stretch. Plus, their fabric is non-pilling, meaning it doesn't leave behind lint balls or fuzz. And guys, you might be wondering how they can get any better. Good news. Their underwear, amazing. I mean, I've been using them for years, literally throughout all my other pairs of underwear. Incredibly durable. Their fabric moves with you. It's just great stuff. Plus, Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee protects your most valuable assets. So shop at Tommy John. Get 20% off your first order right now at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. Save 20% for a limited time at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. That's TommyJohn.com slash Ben. See site for details. So the reason why the West is perceived as weak is at least in part because of the media. I mean, truthfully speaking, the, the Western media, they're just a garbage heap. They will admit the truth, but in backhanded fashion. So, for example, right now, we keep hearing about the plight of the poor Palestinian people living in Gaza. And yes, they have a horrible plight. It it turns out that it's terrible to live under a government that you elected that's a bunch of terrorists. It turns out that that's a really, really terrible thing. Nobody seemed to care about that for solidly 20 years. And then the minute that Hamas launched the most murderous attack on Jews since World War II, and then Israel retaliated, suddenly it becomes Israel's responsibility to protect Hamas's civilians. Here's the thing. American civilians, they're the responsibility of the American government. British civilians, they're the responsibility of the British government. And Hamas civilians are the responsibility of the Hamas government. So what exactly is Hamas doing for its own civilians? The answer, of course, is nothing. The New York Times, which has been covering for Hamas throughout this conflict, printing actual propaganda on behalf of Hamas, including the lie that the Israelis killed 500 people at a hospital when it turns out that it was a misfired Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket that maybe killed a couple dozen people. And we don't even know that because it was Hamas giving the stats. Well, the the same New York Times, the prints awful idiotic columns by people like Nicholas Kristof. So Nicholas Kristof has a piece today called, we are overpaying the price for a sin we didn't commit. And that's a quote from Palestinians. And here's what Nicholas Kristof says, moral idiot Nicholas Kristof, a person who, again, you want to show Your neck to terrorists is a great way for the West to do it. The most consequential decision Israel will face in the coming days is how hard to continue hitting Gaza. Should it undertake a month's long ground invasion, continue with large scale aerial bombardment, allow fuel into Gaza to keep hospitals running? Over the last week, I've spent reporting in Israel and the West Bank. I've tried to listen and learn. So first of all, we should note he's not reporting from Gaza. Why is Nicholas Kristof not reporting from Gaza? Because Hamas controls Gaza. Hamas controls Gaza. All they do is allow you to report what they want you to report. But he's happy to run around Israel. No problem. So let me share why I believe. Someday we'll look back at this moment and see a profound moral and policy failure, says Nicholas Kristof. So what exactly is the profound moral and policy failure? The profound moral and policy failure is not stopping the Jews from defending themselves. He says, to conclude his column, quote, the United Nations Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, has condemned what he called clear violations of international humanitarian law we are witnessing in Gaza. The Biden administration, which in the context of Ukraine constantly speaks of international law, vetoed a Security Council resolution calling for humanitarian pauses to deliver aid. Every account I've heard from Gaza this past week, including directly from people there who despise Hamas, suggests the civilian toll has been horrendous. One gauge that at least 53 UN staff members have been killed so far, including teachers an engineer, a psychologist and a gynecologist. And now the suffering in Gaza is set to get Much worse. That's partly because hospitals are running out of diesel fuel and Israel is not allowing fuel into the territory. I understand the reason, says Nicholas Kristof. Hamas could use diesel fuel for its attacks on Israelis. And an Israeli military spokesman also told me the UN alarmists may be exaggerating the shortages. However, says Nicholas Kristof, Israel faces an agonizing challenge. A neighboring territory is ruled by well-armed terrorists who have committed unimaginable atrocities, aimed to commit more, and now shelter in tunnels beneath a population of more than 2 million people. It is a nightmare. But the sober question must be, What policies will reduce the risk, not inflame it, while honoring the intrinsic value of Palestinian life as well as Israeli life? People will answer that question in different ways, says moral exemplar Nicholas Kristof, and I don't claim to have all the answers, but I think someday we will look back in horror at both the Hamas butchery in Israel and at the worsening tableau of suffering in Gaza in which we are complicit. So you see, according to Nicholas Kristof, the West, in allowing Israel to kill terrorists, in saying that Israel should, in fact, wipe Hamas off the map, is just as bad as Hamas. Pure moral equivalence. You know who loves that stuff? You know who loves that stuff? Hamas. Hamas loves it. They love it. Because you know who cares literally zero about Palestinian civilians? Hamas. They don't care at all about them, but they know that you care about them. And so if the idea is that they get to survive by abusing their own citizens and you are going to go along with that, well, you've been complicit in the continual rule of a terrorist group, which is the alternative. There's not a third alternative. Hamas either goes or Hamas stays. There is no there's no third move here. We'll get to more on this in just one second. But again, the West constantly bearing its neck to people who wish to chop it. Get to that one in one second. First, you need life insurance. It's a dangerous world out there, not just because of everything going on, but just generally. You need life insurance. Gotta make sure that your family is taken care of in case, God forbid, something happens to you. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies and find your lowest price. Their licensed agents work for you, not the insurance companies, which means you can trust their guidance. They don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another. There are no added fees. Your personal information is kept private. It's super satisfying to check life insurance off your to-do list. Makes you feel like your family is taken care of. God forbid something happens to you. A good life insurance plan can give you peace of mind that if something happens to you, your family will be able to cover mortgage payments, college costs, or other expenses. Life insurance through your workplace might not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it's not going to follow you if you leave your job. Since life insurance typically gets more expensive as we age, now would be the time to buy. Policy Genius makes the process super easy with Policy Genius. Find life insurance policies that start at just 292 bucks per year for a million dollars in coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid those unnecessary medical exams. Your loved ones deserve financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Go to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click the link in the description. Get your free life insurance quote. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. So again, the West's pseudo-intellectual seem laser-focused on enabling some of the worst people on the planet. The New York Times ran a piece, again, just every op-ed from the New York Times is the same. It's really about how, in the end, it's Israel to blame. Israel's the real problem. The New York Times ran a piece yesterday from Dr. Abu Safia, a pediatrician at Kamal Adwan Hospital in northern Gaza, called, I'm a pediatrician in Gaza, please save us from this horror. I checked. There is literally no mention of anything Hamas did in this piece. Nothing. Zero mention of it. And the New York Times printed it because, of course, the idea is that Israel is responsible for everything that is going on in the Gaza Strip, which presumably is also why the United Nations, as I've said before, the most icily of international politics, a wretched hive of scum and villainy, voted 120 in favor, 14 against, 45 abstentions in favor of a ceasefire that would only benefit Hamas. That is literally the, the result of this. By the way, some of your favorite moral nations like Ukraine abstained. Ukraine, which demanded that Israel hand over Iron Dome to it. Ukraine abstained from this particular vote. Meanwhile, while begging at American doorsteps for tens of billions of dollars to defend from Russian predations, Ukraine abstained. I'm just pointing out Ukraine here because for all the talk about how everybody owes Ukraine, Ukraine at a certain point might actually want to decide who its friends are. In any case, a huge number of nations actually abstained. That included Germany, which abstained. Finland abstained. Canada abstained. Only 14 nations voted against the ceasefire resolution from the United Nations. That included the United States. Tonga, Papua New Guinea, Paraguay, the Marshall Islands, Micronesia, Nauru, Guatemala, Croatia, Czech- Czechoslovakia, Fiji, and Austria. All of, the other, all of the other Western nations, places like France, France voted in favor of the, of the ceasefire. The UK, the UK abstained. And the, the, you want to show weakness, this is the way you show weakness. And again, the, It's all a game. It's all a game that's being played by Hamas using the UN as its cutout. Here was the UN chief, Antonio Guterres, who the other day was trying to contextualize the mass murder of Jews in Israel by talking about Arab Israel history. Wrongly, of course. Here he was saying it's getting desperate in Gaza. I mean, I I would imagine it's getting desperate in Gaza. You know who could solve that problem? Today, Hamas by surrendering. That's it. All Hamas has to do is walk out with its hands up and hand over the hostages. And then it's all over. Magically, it's all over. But no one in the U.N. is calling for that. There's not a resolution for Hamas to surrender. There's not even a resolution for Hamas to surrender the hostages at this point. Here's the U.N. chief. And I repeat my utter condemnation of the appalling attacks
1: perpetrated by Hamas. There is no justification ever for the killing, injuring, and abduction of civilians. The situation in Gaza is growing more desperate by the hour.
0: I regret that instead of a critically need humanitarian pause supported by the international community, Israel has intensified its military operations. The number of civilians who have been killed and
1: injured is totally unacceptable.
0: Oh, is it unacceptable? So who's to blame for that? I mean, the answer, of course, is Hamas is to blame for that, as we'll explain in just a second. They're literally maximizing civilian casualties by putting civilians on top of their tunnels and... And by the way, they have plenty of supplies. Hamas is underground with plenty of supplies we'll get to in just a moment. But leave it to the morally blind or the morally obtuse to, again, promote the interests of Hamas. Here is anti-Semite extraordinary Jeremy Corbyn calling for a ceasefire.
1: The killings are wrong. The killing of young people at a music festival in the Negev. Was wrong. Was it wrong? The collective oh. punishment of the people of Gaza. Oh, they're similarly wrong. wrong. They're the same. Have died, and if this doesn't stop, thousands more will die. There has to be a way forward. Shut
0: this tool up. He's. It, it, it's just. It, it's. A, let's start with the ceasefire now. He's the same thing from Bernie Sanders again as Jewish as a ham sandwich, quote, the humanitarian situation in Gaza is dire and getting worse by the minute. Israel must obey international law and allow innocent men, women, and children the food, water, medical supplies, and fuel desperately needed. Now, how does he propose that it get to the innocent men, women, and children when Hamas controls all of the areas of import? How does he expect that to happen? Meanwhile, you have other Democrats who are trying to warn Joe Biden into abandoning Israel. That would include leader of the progressive Congressional Caucus, Pramila Jayapal, who's literally warning Joe Biden to stop being so supportive of those damned Jews.
1: He is, I think, um, you know, going to be challenged to explain uh, an issue of this moral significance to people. The American people are actually quite far away from where uh, the President and even Congress, the majority of Congress, has been on Israel and Gaza. They, they support the right for Israel to defend itself, to exist, but they do not support a war crime exchanged for another war crime. And I God, think the president so has to be careful about that.
0: It's a war crime exchange. for Hamas is desperate to equate its slaughter of babies and rape of women with Israel attempting to kill Hamas terrorists. They're desperate for this. And the West is giving it to them on a platter, at least the Western left. The Western left is giving it to them on an absolute platter. You know who loves this? Hamas. No one loves this more than Hamas. They love it. They love every aspect of this. In one second, we'll get to just how Hamas loves us. And also, we'll get to the fact that it's weird. The international left, they don't seem all that concerned about certain types of refugees, even Muslim refugees, as it turns out. We'll get to that momentarily first. The October 15th tax deadline has just passed. I know many of you might be dreading the stress of filing your taxes. Filing your taxes can be a long, excruciating process. But if you fail to file, you'll start to pile penalties on your tax debt. That's why you need to check out Tax Network USA. The team at Tax Network USA has a track record of success. They've reduced tax debts for numerous clients, totaling over $1 billion. Whether you're looking at a $10,000 or $1 million tax debt, they can help you with the settlement. doesn't matter if you haven't filed in a year, five years, even a whole decade. Tax Network USA is equipped to secure the best settlement for you. Their expert attorneys and tax professionals can help resolve all tax cases, no matter how they started. Do not let tax debt control your life any longer. Take the first step toward resolving your tax issues. Visit taxnetworkusa.com Shapiro. That is taxnetworkusa.com Shapiro today. Again, taxnetworkusa.com slash Shapiro. Go check them out right now. If you're caught up in tax debt, it can absolutely ruin your life. Don't let it fix the problem right now by going and visiting our friends over at taxnetworkusa.com slash Shapiro to get started. So as I say, Hamas is, is loving this. Again, the hypocrisy of the international community here is truly astonishing, truly astonishing. In the double standard is amazing. So UN agencies, for example are currently, you haven't heard this story because it's not important to you. It's not important to you because it's not important to the media because it doesn't involve the Jews. That's the way that, let's be real about this. That's why people care. If this involves Muslim on Muslim issues, no one cares. No one cares that there have been several million Syrian refugees who have been shuttled back and forth between Turkey and Syria for years. No one cares about that, no one. No one cares that hundreds of thousands of Syrian civilians have been killed by the Assad regime. In fact, Barack Obama pretended to care then he cared so little that he handed it over to the Russians. Well, now, according to the Voice of America, U.N. agencies are warning that Pakistan's planned expulsion of more than a million undocumented foreign nationals risks triggering a human rights catastrophe. What's happening? Well, apparently, Pakistan on November 1 is going to deport 1.4 million Afghans back to the Taliban. 1.4 million Afghans back to the Taliban. Apparently, the U.N. Refugee Agency, UNHCR, reports that Pakistan is currently holding 3.7 million Afghan refugees, 700,000 of whom fled Afghanistan after the Taliban takeover. 1.7 million are deemed to be in Pakistan illegally. Pakistan says that those who are registered as refugees, they don't have to worry, but everyone else is going to be returned to the Taliban. So things are going great. Nobody cares about that. No one cares about that. Why doesn't anyone care about that? Well, because that might mean condemning Pakistan. We can't condemn Pakistan. We wouldn't want that. We want to get involved in that, that whole problem of, you know, an Islamic dictatorship that masquerades as a democracy. But when it comes to Israel, we have to be, that's that's when human rights concerns are at their apex is when the Jews respond to violence against the Jews. And as I say, Hamas could not be more excited about this because they're very clear about what they want to do. And one of the most amazing things that Hamas is using to its own benefit is the paternalistic sense that Westerners have about third worlders. I mean, it really is an amazing thing. There are people that Hamas just says out loud over and over and over. We do not care about our civilians. We want our civilians to die. We are planting tunnels beneath our. They say it like out loud all the time, every day. And the West is like, well, but really you care about your civilians. And so if something bad is happening to the civilians, probably it's the Jews. Probably it's the Jews. I mean, here's Ismail Haniya. Haniya is the political leader of Hamas. He's living in great style and luxury over in Qatar. Where he and his group have embezzled hundreds of millions of dollars from their own citizens. And here he is saying, what we actually need is the blood of more women and children. That's what we need. He says, to stop this war against our children, women, and the elderly,
1: our mosques, our universities, and our homes, this brutal aggression must stop. This new Holocaust must stop. The gall of these
0: people. I've said this before and I say it again. The blood of the women, children and elderly, I'm not saying that this blood is calling for your help. We are the ones who need this blood. We need this blood. So it awakens within us the revolutionary spirit. So they need more blood. They they need to awaken their own revolution. They need dead kids. They need dead women in order to awaken their own revolutionary spirit. And they will achieve it, according to the New York Times. This is an amazing piece from the New York Times over the weekend. Quote, as Gazans scrounge for food and water, Hamas sits on a rich trove of supplies. Quote, as supplies of virtually every basic human necessity dwindle in Gaza, one group in the besieged enclave remains well stocked. Hamas. Arab and Western officials say there is substance to Israeli claims of Hamas stockpiling supplies, including desperately needed food and fuel. Hamas has hundreds of thousands of gallons of fuel for vehicles and rockets, caches of ammunition, explosives and materials to make more, stockpiles of food, water and medicine, according to officials. A senior Lebanese official said Hamas, which is estimated to number between 35,000 and 40,000 people, has enough stocked away to keep fighting for three to four months without resupply. The Arab and Western officials who described Hamas's supply situation spoke on condition of anonymity because they were disclosing information gleaned from human sources. The stockpiles are typically kept underground and cautioned that precise details on Hamas' supplies were difficult to come by. While the blockade has left Gaza's roughly two million people scraping by with what little food and water they scrounge up, it doesn't appear to have begun to degrade Hamas' ability to fight. The supply situation speaks to the relative sophistication of Hamas as a fighting force. And here's the key sentence from The New York Times. It's just an amazing, incredible sentence. Quote, Yet, with Gazans facing a humanitarian catastrophe, Hamas's stockpiles raise questions about what responsibility, if any, it has to the civilian population. Why would that possibly raise questions? What do you mean, what responsibility do they have? to They are the governing party in the Gaza Strip. That's like saying America during wartime. This raises questions about what responsibility America has to its own citizens for their safety. Um, you mean that's literally why the government exists? But When it comes to Hamas, it's easy to be a terrorist, man. When you're a terrorist, you can rape, murder, kill your own citizens, put them on top of your own bombs. And the rest of the world apparently just goes, well, you know, that raises some questions about your responsibility. But in the end, we're going to blame the Jews. In the end, we're going to blame the Jews. Hamas has said little of its supply situation, but the government runs in Gaza says it has an emergency fuel stockpile that is quickly being depleted. Those fuel stockpiles are separate from and far smaller than the 211,000 to 264,000 gallons of gas and diesel the Israeli military says Hamas has on hand. And by the way, everybody understands that Hamas is stealing everything that goes into the Gaza Strip. This notion that Israel sending in aid, that that's not going to be taken by Hamas is a lie. Of course, it's going to be taken by Hamas. And that's what Hamas has been doing for literally decades. Another piece in the last few days from NBC News, quote, the unemployment rate in Gaza is 47 percent. More than 80 percent of its population lives in poverty. Hamas, however, has funded an armed force of thousands equipped with rockets and drones and built a vast web of tunnels under Gaza. Estimates of its annual military budget range from $100 million to $350 million. As the U.S. House and Senate will be asking in separate hearings Wednesday and Thursday, where does all that cash come from? Hamas has filled its coffers with hundreds of millions in international aid, overt and covert injections of cash from Iran and other ideological partners. Much of the public, much of the money is public and legal, including large financial aid from Qatar via the UN. By the way, How much money does Hamas have on hand? Hundreds of millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Maybe billions. One thing reported here by NBC News is that Hamas has a wide portfolio. So they've really diversified. Hamas's leadership has invested its income in an international investment portfolio worth $500 million in real estate and other assets from companies in Algeria, Saudi, Sudan, Turkey, and the UAE, which it uses to conceal and launder its money, according to a treasury announcement. Hamas also supplements its income with various criminal enterprises. For example, Hamas has a presence in the tri-border area of South America, a region along Brazil, Paraguay, and Argentina, known as a haven for terrorists and transnational criminal organizations. There, Hamas participates in drugs, arm, and people smuggling. So naturally, this is all Israel's fault, right? Israel, the, the ceasefire is so that Israel can take care of the humanitarian situation. Now, I just have a question. Please name the last war, a war for the survival of a state. Please name the last war in which the chief question was what happens to the civilians who are under the control of the opposing side. Did you hear this at all in the aftermath of 9-11? How do we open a humanitarian corridor to Kabul? Did you hear this during the war in Iraq? How do we open a humanitarian corridor into Baghdad? Or was the first order of business you destroy their capacity to make war? If you wish to win a war, that's the only thing that you can do. But again, the goal is not here to protect Palestinian civilians in the end, because again, none of these groups have cared about the predations against Palestinian civilians for 20 years. The goal here is to use the Palestinian civilians the way Hamas wants them used, as press to stop Israel from deposing Hamas. It's that simple. That's all that's happening. And well, that case is taking the form of large scale rallies backed by your favorite left wing sources. So remember that time when uh, everyone on the left suggested that if you said the name George Soros, this meant you were an anti-Semite. It didn't mean you were an anti-Semite. George Soros is terrible. He's a terrible person who believes terrible things and funds terrible causes. According to the New York Post, George Soros has funneled more than $15 million since 2016 to groups behind pro-Palestine protests where demonstrators openly cheer Hamas. A New York Post examination of Open Society Foundations records records shows Soros' grant-making network gave $13.7 million through the Tides Center a deep-pocketed lefty advocacy groups sponsoring several nonprofits who have justified Hamas while claiming Palestinians obsessed with the eradication of the Jewish state are the real victims. Tide's beneficiaries include Illinois-based Adala Justice Project, which the day of the October 7th massacre posted a photo on Instagram of a bulldozer tearing down part of Israel's border fence in a caption, quote, Israeli colonizers believed they could indefinitely trap 2 million people in an open-air prison. No cage goes unchallenged. And this is George Soros' money. George Soros has given money to Jewish Voice for Peace, and if not now, both radical left-wing organizations that do not represent Jews in any serious way and side with Hamas. So criticizing George Soros is not only not anti-Semitism, it is philo-Semitism, because he backs every anti-Semitic cause that apparently he can find. If you're wondering, by the way, how these giant rallies have snapped into place all the way across the nation and beyond, the, the reason is because there's an entire network of people who are basically professional protesters. And all you have to do is snap that intersectional coalition into place and you make a call. And suddenly you got hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands of protesters in the streets. We'll get to the protesters in the United States because it wasn't just in London over the weekend. First, it's hard to get sleep these days, but I rely on my Helix Sleep Mattress to make it happen. I've had my Helix Sleep Mattress for, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years at this point. It is fantastic. Helix is introducing their newest, most high-end collection, Helix Elite. Helix Elite harnesses years of extensive mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. Go to slash and check out the new collection today. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz. matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm, a breathable mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. Find the perfect mattress for your body and sleep type. Your mattress is going to come right to your door, shipped for free. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You can try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you're going to. Helix has over 12,000 five-star reviews. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders, plus two free pillows for my listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. It's their best offer yet. Go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. With Helix, better sleep. Start Right now. Also, as you may or may not know, The Daily Wire has just launched our most ambitious initiative ever. That, of course, is our Bent Key entertainment platform for kids. So as you know, there are a lot of people out there who want to indoctrinate your kids into left-wing values who wish to use the magic of kids' TV in order to just pipe bad ideas into your kid's head. Bent Key is doing the opposite. We are creating the next generation of timeless stories, transporting kids into a world of adventure, imagination, and joy. And it is safe, quality content. It's great. My kids love it. They are 9, 7, and 3, and they ask for the Bent Key app. If you're already a Daily Wire Plus member, you already have Bent Key. Just download the app, start streaming right now. It's a $99 value. You'll get completely free. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe right now. Start streaming the next generation of kids entertainment. Okay, meanwhile, well, if you've ever wondered why these giant protests are able to break out in a moment's notice, the answer is there's an entire class of professional protesters who are able to whip people into a frenzy and then get them out in fully intersectional fashion. But the decolonization effort goes worldwide. And you can get people with trans Palestinian flags to show up at these rallies because again they all share a common interest which is to tear down the institutions of the west. Big rally in Los Angeles over the weekend again it's here in the United States. Look at the size of this rally in favor of Hamas. And they're chanting ceasefire now on behalf of Hamas of course because again the ceasefire benefits Hamas that's the whole point of Hamas calling for the ceasefire. I didn't see them calling for a ceasefire, by the way, when Hamas was firing rockets into Israel. It's only when Israel retaliates that suddenly the ceasefire crowd gets all uh, gets all happy. Meanwhile, over in Brooklyn, massive rally calls to destroy Israel happening on the Brooklyn Bridge. Here's what that looked like. You see, here they are on the Brooklyn Bridge. And of course, they're uh, they're chanting things like from the river to sea, Palestine will be free. Again, that that is a genocidal call for the murder of every Jew. that is what that means. Union Square in New York City was was taken over by these protesters as well. They look like a a great bunch, great bunch of folks. I love this. Uh, Hey, hey, ho, ho, the occupation has got to go. Gaza was given to the control of Hamas in 2006. In 2005, Israel pulled out. And then the Palestinians promptly elected a terror group. And it's just amazing, solid stuff there from, uh, from our protesters. Meanwhile, pro-Hamas protesters stormed the field at a USC versus Cal football game, which is a great way to annoy Americans. Here they were sitting on the, uh, on the 50-yard line. Uh, where's security? Seriously, just pick them up and move them. Just pick them up and move them. Why the hell is security just standing there allowing this nonsense? Pathetic stupidity. Meanwhile, over at Columbia University, again, these are all of our moral betters, a bunch of professors. We are talking Catherine Frank, The professor of law, James Eldor, professor of law, Rashid Khalidi, who, of course, you will recall from being the person who used to give toasts for Barack Obama that are then buried by the media. And that was supposed to be a big story in 2008. Rashid Khalidi was very good friends with Barack Obama. And he gave a toast to Barack Obama, basically declaring him an ally of the PLO. And that got buried by the media. Gray Tuttle, loose professor of modern Tibet at Columbia. Jack Halberston, professor of humanities at Columbia and dozens of other professors. We're talking about probably over 100 professors and associate professors over at Columbia. They signed a letter, an open letter, that blames Israel entirely for the situation. Quote, the most recent devastating violence in Israel and Gaza that began on October 7th has had a very disturbing reverberation on our campus. For all of us, students, faculty, staff, in the larger Columbia community. Oh, it's devastating violence in Israel and Gaza that began on October 7th. Oh, the violence in Gaza began on October 7th. Oh, wait, no, it didn't. The violence in Israel began when Hamas murdered 1,500 people in the worst terror attack in a generation. We right now say these professors to express grave concerns about how some of our students are being viciously targeted with doxing, public shaming, surveillance by members of our community, including other students, reprisals from employers. What are they angry about? They're angry that people are filming some of these students ripping down posters of kidnapped kids. That's why they're mad. They're mad that certain employers might not want to hire a terror supporter. That's why they're upset. They quote Desmond Tutu saying, quote, Palestinians' humiliation is familiar to all black South Americans and Jimmy Carter who, of course, is um, a moral moron when it comes to the Middle East and has been forever. I mean, this guy was literally meeting with Yasser Arafat in the 1980s. Jimmy Carter saying that Israel's treatment of the Palestinians is uh, even worse than, than South Africa, which is an absurdity on the highest possible level. The statement concludes with the demand that Columbia University reverse the decision to create curricular and research programs in Israel. So that, that's what they want. They, they have a series of demands. And what they want is to recontextualize the events of October seventh. They want to end all investment in Israel. He said, and then they say we we agree that making such claims cannot and should be should not be considered anti-Semitic. Yeah, I, I want to hear that from Rashid Khalidi, former former PR person for the PLO. Makes perfect sense. I, I feel like these people are very very well qualified to speak on anti-Semitism. All of them, like Rebecca Jordan Young, and Whitney Olin, professor of women's gender and sexuality studies at Barnard. And that that seems like a person who is who's when I think of sources on anti-Semitism and what is and isn't anti-Semitic, that's who I think of. I don't know about you. Those are people I think of. Columbia University continues to be absolutely blind. Meanwhile, over at Cornell, violent threats were made sufficient to essentially shut down the kosher dining hall and the Center for Jewish Living. According to media, police were on the scene and investigating at Cornell's Center for Jewish Living after heinous threats to the building and Jewish students were posted online. Screenshots at Social Media Sunday of heinous messages posted in a Cornell University discussion forum over the weekend calling for the murder of Jewish students and making specific threats. Quote, if I see another Jew on campus, if I see a pig male Jew, I will stab you and slit your throat. If I see another pig female Jew, I will drag you and rape you and throw you off a cliff. If I see another pig baby Jew, I will behead you in front of your parents. If I see another synagogue, another rally for the Zionist, globalist, genocide, apartheid, dictatorial entity known as Israel, I will bring an assault rifle to campus and shoot all you pig Jews. Jews are human animals and deserve a pig's death. Liberation by any means from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. So the Hillel Center had to warn students to stay away for their own safety. Great stuff happening over there at Cornell. Cornell also was met with um, a bunch of graffiti on the streets, including F. Israel, Free Palestine, Zionism equals genocide, and all the rest. This comes shortly after one of their professors declared the October 7th terror attack on Israel exhilarating and energizing. So solid stuff happening over at Cornell University as well. Again, our, our universities garbage heaps. They continue to be garbage heaps. Okay, on the international level. One of the reasons why you're seeing so much international support for Hamas is because there are regimes that see backing Hamas as a way to strike against the Western coalition, particularly the United States. Hamas's leadership, by the way, openly admits this. So Hamas, their leader, a named Mashal, told Egyptian TV, quote, Russia benefited from our attack because we diverted the Americans' attention from them and Ukraine. They said they'll teach the October 7th attack in their military academies. The Chinese said it's a model and they'll do the same thing to Taiwan. Again, weakness in the face of terrorism breeds contempt from the world's worst worst people meanwhile china is looking to intervene they have ratcheted up the anti-semitism on places like tiktok china daily ran an editorial on monday declaring the united states was quote on the wrong side of history in gaza it said washington was exacerbating the conflict by blindly backing israel you've seen this movie again this is exactly what happened in the 1960s after the six-day war during the six-day war the Soviet Union flipped on Israel. Between 48 and 67, they were kind of pro-Israel because they kind of thought maybe Israel was going to be a socialist state. It wasn't. And then when a pan-Arab movement rose up to try and destroy the state of Israel, the Soviets sided with the pan-Arab movement in a hope to try and create alliances and oil access for the Soviet Union. And they started propagating the myth that Israel was an actual colonial extension as opposed to a decolonization effort by the indigenous Jews. You're seeing the same thing now. Basically, for strategic reasons, Russia and China are trying to ally themselves with Iran and with terror groups across the region and with radicalized Muslims worldwide. Hu Jijin, an influential commentator and former editor-in-chief of the Global Times, which is a Communist Party newspaper, responded to hawkish statements from an Israeli minister directed at Hezbollah, writing, quote, Oh, calm down, Israel. I'm worried you'll wipe the earth out of the solar system. Again, China is not being shy about who they back in this particular conflict. Meanwhile, Vladimir Putin is literally hosting Hamas at the Kremlin. So he sees uh, an avenue for exacerbating tensions in the region, maybe drawing American resources away from Ukraine and toward what's going on in the Middle East. And so Putin personally met with the leadership of Hamas at the Kremlin. Meanwhile, over in Turkey, Erdogan, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, who is the dictator of Turkey, he's now threatening to declare war on Israel and send the military to Gaza. That is not going to happen, by the way, but he is threatening it. And the reason he's threatening that, obviously, is because he would like to be part of this Russian-Chinese axis that is forming up in the Middle East. Here's some pictures of a rally in Istanbul. Obviously, the government is behind rallies like this one as well in Istanbul. Look at the size of this rally. Okay, look at the, look at the size of that rally. That That rally, of course, is in favor of Hamas. Erdogan is accusing Israel of carrying out war crimes in Gaza, which is amazing. Being accused by the Turks of carrying out war crimes. Amazing stuff. Compared the country's actions to the Nazi genocide against the Jews. Ah, yes, that that old slander. So uh, solid stuff happening. So what should America do? America should back our ally. America should back the moral party in this conflict. And America should be quite muscular in doing so. America should push Iran off the ball. America should make clear that when terrorist groups attack American allies, that we are going to back those American allies. The good news is America can do that on the cheap. It doesn't cost America all that much money to do that. All Israel wants is to be resupplied and wants its hands uncuffed to take out Hamas. That's it. That's all they want. And here's the thing. I think Americans resonate to that. So best clip of the weekend comes courtesy of some of our friends in New York. This is just the best clip. It's great. This is is America in a nutshell. So what you will see in this clip or here is is a Hamas fan tearing down posters of kidnapped kids. This has become a thing all across the country is that fans of Hamas have decided that there really are no hostages or the hostages don't matter, even though they're small babies who are currently being held in captivity, who will almost certainly be murdered by Hamas in this conflict. So they've been tearing down posters of kidnapped children and uh, a New Yorker, like full-scale, old-style New Yorker takes offense and it's pretty great.
1: Why do you rip it off? Why do you
0: rip it off? Why do you rip it off? Put it back. Why do you rip it off? Put it back. What, show me what you're holding. So here's this guy. He ripped. So, he's ripping down posters yeah, from the. Well, what are you doing? And people have been you know filming this, heard this heard sort of now?
1: stuff. You have do this you is a,
0: a man with a beard, no mustache.
1: Right. I'm a veteran. I'm telling you. All right. so we'll do I'm not,
0: not f- Jewish. Jewish. He's, he's not Jewish. Jewish. Uh, I don't know if uh, he is or not. I, I, doesn't f- f- matter. This it's is U.S. This New York City. You don't have a right to touch this. This is a f- free country. You can wave your Palestine flag and say death to the Jews or America whenever you want, but we can put a Okay. Then don't rip that down. You are doing something. You're offending us. Yeah, you are. When you throw that on the floor, you're littering the city.
1: In a minute, I'm going to litter the floor with you. So move the you have proof they're not getting up? No. So shut the
0: up. Well, that guy has a free Shabbos dinner on me anytime he wants it. I think most Americans think like that. But by-, by the way, better expression of free speech than everyone on college campus. You have a right to say whatever you want, but If you start ripping down those posters, you start doing that, I'll litter the floor with you. Like that's that's pretty that's pretty classic New York. And not only is it classic New York, that used to be what America's I think that's still what America is made of if it weren't for the decolonization coalition out there that stands for Hamas. By the way, you can see how fast this guy backs down the minute that he's confronted by somebody who actually muscularly is saying no. Okay, that's a pretty good microcosm of how international politics actually works. People are very, very easy about violating Western morality, because they think that the Westerners are going to do nothing but stand by and tape them. And the minute they're confronted, all of a sudden they get real shy. And that's exactly what happens in that clip. Okay, in just one second, we'll get to some breaking news in the presidential race first. Bone Charge, it's a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence based products to optimize your life in every way. The products help you sleep better, perform better, recover fast, reduce inflammation, and so much more. From blue light glasses to red light therapy, Bone Charge products help you naturally address the issues of our modern day way of life effortlessly and with maximum impact. If you haven't already checked out the infrared sauna blanket from Bone Charge, you need to right now. I've been using it. It's great. Basically, it's like a sauna in a blanket. It works by using infrared light, which heats the body directly rather than the air around you like a traditional sauna, which means you get the same benefits at a lower heat. The sweating is good for you. It raises your heart rate to that of physical exercise. can burn calories while you relax. Plus, you're not sitting, you know, sweaty with like other people in a sauna. You're just under a blanket. Bond Charge ships worldwide, offers exceptional customer service and comes with a 12-month warranty. Go to bondcharge.com slash Ben. Use code Ben. Save 15%. That's B O N C H A. RGE.com slash Ben. Use code Ben to save 15% off today. That's bondcharge.com slash Ben. Start getting healthier with bondcharge products. Bondcharge.com slash Ben. Use code Ben. Save 15% off. Okay, meanwhile, on the presidential side of the aisle, the Republican Party continues to have a, a pretty not contested primary. I mean, if you look at the polling data right now, this is not a particularly close election. In the national polling averages, I know it's been a while, but in the national polling averages, Donald Trump is currently up 59 to 13 over Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley at 8%, Vivek Ramaswamy at 4.5%. In Iowa, Trump running a similarly large lead, the latest Iowa State Civics poll, has Trump up 55 to 17 over DeSantis, Haley at 11, Ramaswamy at five, Scott at four. Well, the field needs to consolidate because the reality is that Trump has such a large lead right now that unless there is some sort of consolidation, he's just gonna walk through the field pretty obviously, whatever else, his foibles. And given the fact that the world right now is on fire and that the world was not on fire when Donald Trump was president, his case to be president of the United States again is pretty easy, which is shut the hell up and point at the guy who's the president. Again, that's a pretty easy case for Donald Trump to make. That's seriously all he has to do, even if he's bogged down now. you know. I was listen, I was doubtful that a guy bogged down for with with four separate trials over the course of an election cycle was going to have an amazing shot at victory. But I may have underestimated just how bad a president Joe Biden is. So Joe Biden is really, really bad at this. And it turns out that he's basically set everything on fire. And so if Donald Trump just walks back into the room like Donald Glover from that outtake from from community, that meme from community walks in. Everybody's on fire. Then he might become president again. Well, one of the ways the field is consolidating is that Mike Pence has just dropped out. So Mike Pence is really not running a campaign for president. He's really running a campaign to justify what he did on January 6th, which is to stand up for the Constitution. And Mike Pence did the right thing on January 6th. He did not have the right or the obligation under the Constitution of the United States to reject state certified electoral votes. That was not something that is called for by the Constitution of the United States. He um, was speaking at the annual Republican Jewish Convention in Las Vegas, and he announced that this was not his time. He said he was going to suspend his campaign for president effective today. Um, And then he uh, he gave a bit of a speech talking about what he hopes the future of the Republican Party is. And here is Pence.
1: Will Republicans continue to be the party of the traditional conservatives that has defined our movement over the past 40 years? Or will our party follow the siren song of populism unmoored to conservative principles? As war rages in Eastern Europe and Israel, and China continues its provocations in the Asia-Pacific, a new populist movement in the Republican Party says that America should retreat from her leadership position, turn inward, and focus solely on domestic concerns. I don't have to tell people gathered here that there are powerful voices within And outside our party that say we have to choose between supporting our allies and solving problems here at home. Let me say from my heart, anyone who says that America cannot solve our problems at home and be the leader of the free world has a pretty small view of the greatest nation on Earth.
0: So that was Pence's case. And the reality is that Pence's case has now been taken up by pretty much the entire field. There's, there's a bit of exaggeration that's now going on inside the Republican field. So there's people who are saying, oh, there's a lot of isolationists inside. Donald Trump was not an isolationist president. Donald Trump did not get us into, into any new wars because he was muscular on foreign policy. Because if you messed with him, you didn't know if he was going to fire a missile at you. You screw with him enough and he kills Qasem Soleimani. Meanwhile, he's out there cutting deal with the Saudis. That is not a non-interventionist foreign policy. That is a muscular piece through strength foreign policy that is, in fact, very reminiscent of Ronald Reagan's foreign policy. For all the talk about Donald Trump being wildly conciliatory toward Russia, his policies on Russia were significantly harsher than Barack Obama's were. Barack Obama literally cut a deal with Vladimir, with Dmitry Medvedev, literally on camera in the run up to the 2012 election. So, you know, there's a feeling inside the Republican Party that's largely driven by the media and by social media that there are these huge gaps in terms of foreign policy. I I don't think that's actually true. And uh, with that said, you know, listen, I think that Pence is a good man. I like Mike Pence. I know Mike Pence. And I think that his service to the country was well worthwhile and excellent as vice president. And, and yes, I think he, of course he did the right thing in January of 2021 by not delaying the certification of the election illegally. righty, guys, the rest of the show is about to continue right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll get into the mailbag and answer some of your questions. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click the link in the description and join us. <laughs>